We gotta start over? Yeah, I'm sorry. Bastard. It's the first time this happened. Uh, sure, that's never happened before. Is there a light on the camera that we know they're on? No. No? No, there's not. They're not fancy like that. Okay. No. It was the, the video board over here was messed up, but I've got it fixed now. Are, are we good? We're rolling? Well, that was a good, uh, see if I can do that practice. Again. All right, that was a rehearsal. Advice. All right, folks. In the interest, in the in the interest of, uh, of of complete transparency, which I always believe in complete transparency, except for when I don't. But this is one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those times. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna come clean uh, and uh, say that this is actually take two. How far were we into it? We were probably well. You hadn't said much. I hadn't said a thing yet. You so, hadn't said so a thing. So we were yet. okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna start. Uh, uh, I don't think I can do it exactly the same way that I did. So I'm gonna start by saying that I'm here with Jim Martin, and uh, I've already practiced your name a couple of times. Uh, That's right, Mike. And uh, you have one of those exotic international names. It's hard. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it is a unique name, <laughs> Jim Jim <laughs> Martin. And uh, and we're going to talk about who you are. We already. Uh, well, well, let's see. What what all did I say about you? You're well, Dan's let's talk friend. About, yeah, I'm Dan's friend, Dan's and this friend. is his studio. And this is his studio. And uh, Dan and I, we've done some other episodes for other shows uh, here. Um, and uh, and when I originally when he put me in touch with you, you were going to be on the oil and gas tech podcast which i'm still doing so tech uh fans don't go away from that that's for the oil and gas global network but this is a new show and dan said you'd you'd I'd you would, better in you, this you i haven't it. been in the oil and gas say, industry in 30 years but yeah. I, I was very involved in you oil were, and gas from a different perspective but you, you have, might find interesting okay so we well, let's get to that um this book uh I can't remember. Did I say this in the first part or yes. in the second part? Well, let's uh, talk about the book. What's the name of the book? So the book is The Epic of America. Now, this is what I was explaining. Dan and I are going to record episode right. one later. During that time, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to explain this in more detail. Right. However, just to kind of set the stage, and it doesn't hurt people to hear it again, especially since we're kicking off a new show. The Epic of America was written by James Truslow Adams. I think I'm saying that right. Truslow, Truslow, James Truslow Adams. Um, so the phrase, the American dream, this, that's, this is where we get it from. He's the first person. But now why didn't he name the book American Dream? <laughs> it's, it's almost like we talked about this already. So he didn't name, so he, he wanted to name the book the American Dream, but it came out in 1931. And uh, the publishers decided that the middle of the Depression wasn't a good time like a, a book called The American Dream probably wasn't going to sell. Not in the middle of the Depression and probably wouldn't be no. very so, very good. So we called it The Epic of America. Now, um, you, the, the interesting thing, and I didn't even realize this until I got the book and uh, was reading it, that the reference to The American Dream doesn't happen at the beginning of the book. It's not a prescription for The American Dream. It's actually in the epilogue. Huh. Uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, now, I, now this, by the way, is a 1932 edition. It was re, it was first print, so it's not a first printing, but it's pretty close. 1932. Um, oh, so the page numbers are still according to the original format. And, and so the funniest, the first thing is he taught where he first mentions the American Dream. It's on page 404. <laughs> 
Huh. So 404, as you know, on the internet means it, <laughs> yeah. this space is yeah. not found. <laughs> 404 error. <laughs> so, so it's on 404, which I think is incredibly uh, ironic. But I'm, I'm just going to uh, – so this, this show is going to be about you, but I'm going to throw this out there just sure. to kind of set the stage. Here's what he actually said, and, and it wasn't a prescription. It's actually a, 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 it's a historic look back, and, um, and at the end of it, he says, we have created in this country this situation that he found to be very good for society. And, um, uh, and here's how he, he says, the dream of a land, the dream, the dream, I feel like I should have like a Morgan Freeman voice. Yeah. The dream of a land, the dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to his ability or achievement. And then a little further down, he says, it's not just a dream of motor cars and high wages merely, but a dream of a social order in which each man and each woman shall be able to attain to the fullest stature of which they are innately capable and be recognized by others for what they are, regardless of the fortuitous circumstances of birth or position. So basically, um, so to translate that, since nobody talks that way anymore, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like, no matter who you are, where you came from, what your family is, what your situation, everybody has the same opportunity to achieve uh, better, richer, fuller. And uh, and later he says we've created, you know, and we've realized that no nowhere has it been realized more fully than here. Uh, even though we've done it very imper- imperfectly, he says, you know, like we haven't done it perfectly, sure. but this is where it's been done sure. the best. So. Just going to put that. So that's kind of the where we want to get to is from your view of life. Um, you know, how do we look with respect to that? Are we doing? You know, how is it? How should it be? Um, do people still believe in that? Should they believe in it? Is it achievable? But let's start right. with you. So sure. you have and and you gave me your. I got I got your notes right here. Uh-oh. This is yeah. This is uh, this is Jim Martin the. Uh, the authorized autobiography, which is it's an easy read. It's, it's a quick an easy. Read. It's, a, it's, it's a short read. read. <laughs> yeah, but you're from here. Right? I am. My dad was in the oil business. Here's Houston, by the way. Uh, yes, we are in Houston. Uh, my dad was in the oil business, uh, and it's funny. I tell people where I lived in uh, Houston and Illinois and New York and New Orleans and all this stuff, and they they just assume I'm I was a military brat. But no, I was an oil brat. Yeah, which is a lot more common around here. Damn near the same thing, really. Very so, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, I was born in Illinois, moved to uh, New Orleans, and then to Houston, and then Connecticut, and then back to Houston because he moved around with the oil company. Uh, finally settled here and went to uh, junior high and high school here, uh, Lake City, Clear Creek High School, and then uh, Lake City. That was that was. That was way out there. Back League then. City was, uh, was on the way to Galveston. Basically. Back then, it was a, it was still a rural farm community. Yeah. A lot of rice farms, a lot of uh, open areas. Our our school, our Clear Creek High School, was kind of like the end of the road. When you had uh, there was nothing between the school and uh, Kima. Yeah, that was all just vacant right. land. And now, right. of course, it's all built up, South Shores, uh, right, right. part of development and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after that, uh, went to attended Baylor University mm-hmm. and got a Bachelor of Arts degree, Business Administration, and went to work for Brown and Root. So because I already know a lot about your what you ended up doing, sure. the fact that you got a BA in Business Administration... <laughs> 
is is not really congruent with like like because that's what like that's the degree that everybody gets when they don't really know what they want to well, do. Well, it, it was interesting, and and my roommate was back then. That was kind of the beginning in the early eighties when they had the BBA. Bachelor of Business Administration, yes, and then a BA, Bachelor of Arts, right? right. So there were two different schools there, you know, yeah, the business sure, school sure, and yeah. the arts and sciences school. Right. Uh, I wanted to be in the arts and sciences school because I was interested in business, but I was also interested in the arts and science and archaeology and uh, geology and things like that, not so yeah. much pure business. I love that you can – that there's still somebody – walking around who can use the word arts and sciences in the same sentence because nowadays we seem to have really well we've lost that and and the yeah. joke with my roommate and i he was an account he he was in the uh, bachelor of arts or the business administration school the hand camera school of business and we would joke that we both had batch uh, business associates degree or business degrees business administrations degrees yeah, yeah. but at cocktail parties, I could talk about something other than business. I could talk about music. I could talk about yeah, art. I could sure. talk about sports. He could only talk about finance and accounting and marketing. So, all right. So we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna park on your story for just a second. Sure. I want to. I want to uh, branch off on something right there. One of the things uh, that. Uh, we see happening society today, there's a tremendous emphasis on uh, what we now, I, I guess what we now call STEM, STEM education, right? Right, science, technology. Right, which which leads to a lot of specialization, right? We're sort of, right. kind of we're kind of creating a, like the, like the next, you know, the next wave of grownups. Well, that's, I think, that's because we've lost mathematics and basic science and all of that in the in the in the elementary and junior high schools, so we were being forced to focus on that now. Whereas before, when we grew up, we took math, we took science, we, we got it out of the way early, and and well, and we we learned on it, we progressed right. through it, and and we built upon it, and we continued it throughout our high school and, and even into college when we took uh, mathematics classes, physics classes, and all that stuff. But nowadays, there doesn't seem to be as much teaching of that in the in the primary schools like there used to be. So, and the scores have reflected that how the you know people yeah, what, are falling so behind. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, what are they? May, I, well, I right. may be behind on my social media feeds, but like, what are they teaching if right. they're not doing that? I mean, right. Uh, and we are falling behind. I think um, you know worldwide. You, you look at the figures of of other countries and stuff. And I think we're focusing more on STEM simply because we didn't do that. We, we stopped doing that in the early years. Got it. But so then, but doesn't that also create, um, in terms of having a, like a well-balanced society or people who are in, people who know how to go to a cocktail party and talk about something other than we're kind of losing that, like what you used to. Uh, like the liberal arts education, yes. right? Which and and what came with that was not just being able to comment on music and art, but there was a certain cognitive kind of component to that, right? Right. You took philosophy, you took debate, you took yes. uh, those kinds of courses that that enhanced your mind. And there's lots of debate nowadays with the cost of colleges and all this stuff about you know getting um, 
a degree in basket weaving. You know, that's really what I want to study. Yeah. Well, that's not really a liberal arts degree. A, a liberal arts degree gives you a more rounded perspective. You could still be focused. Right. Uh, because back in the in in the early days, and 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 perhaps you should have an educator on here that talks about. It's a good idea. How that started because the the BBA the Bachelor of Business Administration I think is kind of a newer yeah uh, yeah uh, a newer degree. What did you have in the old days? You had the you could get a Bachelor of Science or Bachelor of Arts, or they made a combination Bachelor of Arts and Science. Right. You know, you were either going to be a mechanical engineer or a chemical engineer in the engineering field, or you're going to go into political science or go into law or maybe go into biology, go into medicine. Yeah. Those yeah. are kind of your your major areas, and, and they've since kind of got diluted and all that stuff. Yeah. But somebody I, I else more qualified, obviously, yeah, that's to good. talk yeah, because, about that. Touch because on I, think that. That, I think that in some of that was learning – or developing different ways to think about things and to like, yeah, like different perspectives and ways to contemplate. Like, like, so you're not so well, it's, uh, it's all part of being of common sense. And unfortunately, Michael, I think we're losing a lot of that common sense. You're losing a lot of a people's ability to pick up a newspaper or to listen to a newscast and, and critically analyze about it. it and think about right. it and not just, ingest it and regurgitate it yeah but to think about when you read the and i i still read the paper i read two papers every day and i, only, I get one a week but, but yeah it is, but, but, it's, but it's an actual I'm just paper more tactile right yeah, yeah i like, like yeah, the yeah, paper yeah. feel I, and when i travel of course i get it on my ipad and all that kind of stuff but you got uh, people have lost the ability to read an article and realize how slanted it is and how wrong it is and and what obvious perspective they come from yeah that's or, what we're losing and that's what they teach you in the liberal arts is the ability to think about things and, and realize that's not right okay it's not right but what's your argument against it or what's your counter argument i could say i don't like your shirt i think that's an ugly shirt yeah because i don't like the pattern because i don't like I'll tell my wife she was or, right. Or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Not just, I don't like your shirt. I think that's an ugly shirt. Yeah, it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have it. Now, I don't know, some people might agree with you. But, um, I, I, but I think some of that, too, comes from, because if you, uh, could, because even if you, if you read something or you hear about something and you analyze it and you come up with your own opinion, even if your own view or your own opinion of that actually isn't as good as, like, if it's garbage and you recognize that it's garbage, that's good. But it might actually be pretty good, but you come to a con- different conclusion. You're still, even if your new opinion is garbage, right? you still, like, used your brain <laughs> to, right. to, to, think, to about think about it. And I think what happens now, uh, I was talking with somebody about this recently. I said, you know, starting, and, and this goes back to, and you and I, before we turned on the mics, we were talking about early days of the internet with yeah. with, with uh, the bulletin boards and Archie and Gopher and things. Um, you know, it, also somewhere around that same time was when we started the 24-hour news cycle, right, with cable news. Right, CNN, um, and, Ted and Turner. Then it, and, right. and, then it became, and then it became internet you know, news, and right. then it became social media. And in order to fill up, it's almost just like a, it's almost a practical thing. In order to fill up all of that cycle, 
they have to they have to generate like the, so back in the day when we just read like the paper you know in the evening or whatever well, twice a day remember we had the chronicle in the, in the morning and the yeah. post in the evening but we didn't have this like 24 7 no you had so, time to just stop and think about it and go on about your business you didn't worry about it from right. nine to five because you were working and you were taking care of your family or you're going to a ball game or something like that yeah and, and, right and so the question is now we have news being fed to us every hour, every minute of every day. Is there, is there, uh, 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 is there an order of magnitude more news happening in the world than there was then? We're just saying no. a lot more about it. So no. now what we have is you get fed to you. Not only do you get the information, but you get told what the information means, what you should think about it, yes. and what you should do about it. Like, all of that comes to you. Yeah. And, and partially, yeah. it's just a function of having to fill up all that time, right. right? all that space. And they have to, you know, uh, I'm sure our audience is familiar with clickbait information. Mm. Well, the, the CNNs and the Foxes and all these other people do the same thing. These shows, and, and I do watch the news shows, and they always say, breaking news. And I'm thinking, okay, what's breaking? Right. Who invaded a country? (laughs) They're just saying uh, that there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico uh, last week, and they're still trying to recover. Well, that's not breaking. You probably remember when there was breaking news, when you're watching... Uh, I hate to say it, I Dream a Genie or Gunsmoke or something. Yeah, and they, they would stop, and the news would come. And then breaking news. And that was you, usually because, like, a president had been shot, right. or a Zeppelin had exploded, or yeah, something. Yeah, country was invaded, yeah, Vietnam, something, something or other. But now yeah. that's every, all, uh, constantly. And I think it's detrimental. I think it gets people too focused on... What's happening in California? What's happening in North Carolina? What's happening in North Dakota? Well, we live here in Houston. We've got a good life here in Houston. Am I concerned about what happens in California? Not really. Yeah. Um, but not, I'm, not every day. Not every day. I don't need to know that yeah. the price of gasoline has gone up to $7 in Sacramento. Right. It's a distraction. So It's a distraction. So if you come yeah. back to... If you come back to Mr. Adams and his book, by the way, no relation to the presidential Adamses. Right. Um, but if you come back to Mr. Adams and his book, he says, uh, and again, he he wasn't prescribing something for the future. He was he was uh, he was saying we've arrived at this place, unlike a lot of other like a lot of other countries. Uh, and he was in that point in time, 1931. You're 150 years into the forming of this country so you're not that far from the civil war you're either. not far from it right and so a lot of what was in his mind when he was thinking unlike other places was other societies let's say in europe or other places where they were based very much on on what family you were born into and what property right. you owned and things like this right but but if you take it more broadly and you say uh like everybody no matter what your station should have uh, does have the opportunity to pursue life um, in this kind of better, richer, fuller way. Now that we've done this to ourselves with this news thing, are we helping or hurting our ability to do that? I think it's causing a lot of anxiety. I think it causes a lot of unnecessary issues to be concerned about. Uh, I think we're we're losing focus on... You know, going to work, doing our job, taking care of our families. Which uh, are the things that kind of help 
create that. Well, and that's part of that, yeah, uh, the American fabric and all that, the American right. family, and and of course we could talk yeah. all about Ooh. the breakdown of that and what's going on with that. To break up the breakdown of the of religious values in America, the yeah. church in America, which are which turns out religious values are are are, are useful. Even sure, even if you don't, uh, uh, and, and you know, this is coming from uh, being somebody who's a good Catholic. But right. uh, even if you don't believe that the object of the religion exists, right. the values are actually quite useful. The values are good, and they're good common values, and they're not they're not unique to one religion, but they're good guardrails on society. Yeah, you know, like don't yeah. don't go around killing people, don't <laughs> go around stealing stuff. Yeah, don't go around you know. Doing wanton, right. stupid stuff, or, or or some of the less graphic things or less obvious things, like like the focus on others instead of yourself. Yeah, right? exactly. Helping and, other people, and yeah. right, yeah, things things like this. Okay, so I want to get I want to get back to your story because uh, that's actually really because um, uh, there's a part in your story that connects to this right here. Um, so so you went to school, you got this. This degree, this and degree, yeah, this blah blah blah. Degree, yeah. Then you ended up doing really interesting stuff. So um, uh, bounced around the oil and gas. And, oh, what the, we worked in. The, you had the opportunity to work in the Reagan administration, but but yes. but Ronnie called and you, you told him no. No, I said yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the job. Oh, you did say okay. I did take okay. the job. I, I got into uh, uh, as a political appointee up in Washington, dealing with congressional and public affairs between the Customs Service. I. I Joined a political pointee in Washington dealing with uh, congressional and public affairs. In other wow. words, I was with the yeah. Customs Service, right? You got Customs, you got FBI, you got IRS, you've got all these agencies uh, of the executive branch, and they have to interact with the legislative branch, right? Because yeah. the legislative branch provides them the money. Right. So they want to know how that money is spent or what kind of projects do you need sure, the money on? Sure, you know, sure. it's part of that. If you might recall the three branches of government, you know, the executive, judicial, yeah. and legislative, yeah. which I think is lost on a lot of people nowadays and what their purposes are. Yeah. I, I, I learned that in school, actually. Right. We learned that in civics. Yeah. In I, economics I think things it's, like that. I think it's still true although they don't always behave the way that i learned that they were supposed to behave yeah but that's a topic for another story <laughs> that is another so story. anyway i i I, uh, I was kind of part of the liaison between congress uh-huh. and the custom service or congress uh or the custom service and the public like when they had a big seizure or something we'd have to write right. up something and all that deal with the magazines and the newspapers and stuff it was a it was a political job. It was a political appointee job, and it was only going to be for four years. Um, and so, how, how did you get spotted for this? Well, you, it was through a family connection, which is oh, okay. Uh, okay, I, like it just kind of because there's a certain out. corner that you hang out, and somebody yeah. somebody drives up, and the window goes down. Yeah. And they go, you yeah, look like in, a, a, in the yeah. dark hat and the yeah the yeah. gabardine. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, I I did that. And it was just going to be temporary because the oil and gas industry, I was with Brown and Root, and people were kind of getting laid off every week. Every Monday I'd come in, there'd be a few more empty desks. So I thought, well, you know what? Oh, this was 80s, right? This was 80. This was 81, 82. Yeah, coming right into what was going to be really bad. Yeah, Yeah. the oil industry was going 
going pretty bad. And uh, I had this opportunity, so I thought, well, you know what? I'll do it for a couple of years. I talked to my, my managers at Brown & Root, and they said, you take the opportunity. You know, you're always welcome to come back. I never came back. Uh, I got uh, got to know what the custom service does, what the purpose of the custom service and the government, right, to collect and protect the revenue of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what customs does. Uh, in your book, I think just before the book was published, the only way, you know, you have the government, right? And the government starts out and government has to have money to raise the military and to right. take care of buildings and the postal service right, and all that right, kind of right. stuff. To forgive college loans. Yeah, like well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So where does it get <laughs> its money? Things. Where do countries get their money when they first start out? They tax goods coming in and out of the country, right? Tariffs. Right. Collect, and that's what customs, the custom service. Yes, I, uh, I learned that. Less. I, learned, I learned about that uh, in real life uh, once uh, after... My wife and I had taken a trip to Venice, among other places, and we went to the <laughs> Murano Glass Factory, where there are incredibly good sales, uh, yeah, sales yeah, yeah. there. And you know, they give you a glass of champagne, and the next thing you know, you're paying ridiculous amounts of money for <laughs> stuff that some guy made, like blood. <laughs> and uh, and I only thought it was expensive until they shipped it back oh. and i got a call from the uh you know saying here's the the the, the duty yeah the duty you on, on this and because it was a luxury item it was almost oh wow. it was probably half again as much as what we paid for the for wow the and then i thought i've been had so yeah that was really yeah. so i don't know if you had anything to do with that or not no 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 that wasn't was, me that was no. If it was no that wasn't me yeah but the uh you know, that's the purpose of customs. And then I got to meet some of the agents, uh, the federal agents, the special agents with customs, and uh, seemed like an interesting job. Yeah. And it was the only job, again, dealing with the customs service, being a special agent with U.S. Customs is, uh, is the only job that's under the purview of the government that you can't get in the private sector. The government is tasked with enforcing the laws. Uh, legislation makes the law. Somebody's got to enforce it. You know, you got to pay taxes on this. You can't uh, defraud people. Well, who enforces those laws but the government and the government agents do that? And so I became a special agent down in Miami, uh, enjoyed it. I was young. I wasn't married. I was uh, single, clearly, having a good time in Miami. Yeah. And uh, got there right at the tail end of the cocaine wars in 83, 85. Wow. Saw a lot. And... Uh, and I said, this is what I like to do. This is fun. So I ended up staying and doing that. So um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but what is a day in the life of a customs agent? Like what? A we do a lot of different things. We kind of like uh, we're, we're not as well known as the FBI or the DEA right. or ATF. But we all, <clears throat> excuse me, we all do the same thing. We're all this special government series called 1811s that's our series it's like you're a mechanical engineer by mm -hmm. trade you work for shell you work for halliburton you work for exxon okay you're still a mechanical engineer but you work on different projects for different companies right we're a special agent either we're a special agent with fbi or a special agent with dea or a special agent with irs we still all have the same authority, 
but we just enforce different laws. IRS special agents deal with uh, tax evasion and yeah. money laundering. Yeah. DEA agents deal with narcotics. Uh, customs agents deal with a lot of different things because we're at the border. We're present at the border. And so we enforce a lot of other agencies' laws at the border because uh, immigrate or um, the interior can't be it everywhere or agriculture right, can't right. bring there when they bring in this wagyu beef from japan yeah, know, yeah yeah like yeah that. so uh um, so we enforce a lot of different things so depending on what group you're in and we're divided up into groups you know fraud money laundering narcotics uh strategic you uh you do investigative work it's i i always liken it to the custom service was like a, a big-time police department. Yeah, yeah. You had the uniformed officers, the guys you see on the street. Those are the inspectors at the airport. Those are the people you, you know, the public sees coming in and out of the country. Right, right. Are the inspectors. The special agents are kind of like the detectives. We're the plain clothes people. We're right. back behind the scenes. We're downtown in the office tracing leads and stuff like that. The easiest example is like when you came in with those glass goods, if you carried them in your personal luggage yeah, and the customs inspector found them mm-hmm. and realized, oh, that's a violation uh, that the inspector can't mitigate or can't, can't handle because the value, let's say it was $50,000 worth of glassware you brought yeah. in. That would That's, be a lot, but okay, let's just go with money. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he would call, the inspector would call the agents, and one of us would come down, and we would take you and process you, take you before the magistrate, arrest yeah, you. We'd yeah. investigate where you got it, who right. your contacts are. Turns out that you, you're you an unauthorized distributor of this and right, it's fake right. glassware or something yeah. like that. You know, we do I the investigation. So, so, but, it's, so but, but agents and all those different agencies are all kind of like you said you're a mechanical engineer you go here you go here you, go. you yeah. have the same training sort of the same right. same training right. you're just you're all, you're all chasing down bad guys and right. all that so, uh, so um they just haven't made a tv show about customs no agents. they haven't they the made thing. a couple movies out of them Did but they? They, yeah we're not as popular as, yeah, it's, it's uh, not, as the fbi it's, it's not yeah which in honest uh, all honesty works to our advantage because we can right. get stuff done right without kind of yeah, not not under the radar, but with a lot lot less publicity. When customs shows up at your house, there's not going to be CNN. FBI right. shows up at your house. Yeah, there's going to be the CNN. Paparazzi's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. Uh, so this is why Jim. Uh, no, this is why Dan calls you Jim the G Man. Yeah, I was a government uh, government agent. Yeah, we're so how long agent. were you? Uh, I was with the government for 31 years. Wow. Over 30 years. Wow. And a lot of variety. Started yeah. out in D.C., spent eight years in Miami. And you came here. And then right. came to Houston. Houston. Right. And how long has it been since you... Uh, I retired in uh, about almost eight, eight or nine years ago. Oh, okay. Because as a special agent, we have a mandatory retirement age that we can't... Uh, we can't go longer than, uh, again, yeah. back then it was 57, 57 right. years old, and we have to, and then if you make your timing grade, it's kind of like the military. If you're in long enough and you got the timing grade, you can retire before you turn 50. Before you, yeah. yeah. And so I took an, an early out at 53. Okay. And then went to work for private sector. Okay. Because the last half of my career, I did computer crimes, computer forensics. Ah, 
and that's looking at bad guys computers and analysis and your background should be familiar with that it kind of evolved into e-discovery oh sure kind of stuff yeah yeah Yeah, that's uh and so i went to work for companies doing uh doing that never put anything in an email (laughs) you don't want somebody else to (laughs) To see yeah yes yeah i I learned all about that Not, not not the hard way i i learned all about that from seeing other people get in trouble um so you said something. So with all of your so thirty, so for a guy who started out, and I think you told me this before, Han, you were like, originally you didn't, you weren't necessarily interested in a government job. You wanted to work for the private sector. You ended up working for the government for thirty-one years, right? Yeah, um, which you say, which turned out, and like you said, it was it's like the one thing that you can't really do anywhere. Well, in the again, I, my training and background was business, right? Uh, yeah. Finance and um, that's right, sub and accounting and and marketing. So I, I was. And I was doing financial analysis for Brown and Root. I transitioned over to a buyer uh, for power purchasing, yeah. you know, buying pipes, valves, and fittings, because that's what I did during the summers. I was a pipe fitter's helper, so I was very familiar with that. The old pipe fitter's helper. The old pipe fitter's helper. Grind yeah. that down, will you? No, grind it again. No, yeah. I'm going to go get coffee. I want to. No. Yeah. So that's in the hazing ritual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All part of growing up. Yeah. But. I could do that in the government as well. You could, I mean, the government has accountants, the government has financial analysts, the government has, uh, you know, people that analyze things and buy things and purchasing things, right? Right. But I could do, it was kind of my dad, you know, being the old capitalist and private sector kind of guy, you know, government is good for what the government does. But it only should do certain things, yeah. not everything, which is a big deal. Yeah. So let <laughs> and we could go on. I want to come back to that actually. Yeah. Just so a anyway, second, so. I decided uh, the the job of a federal agent is the only job that is that the government has that you cannot get in the private sector. Now, private sector has security guards and bodyguards, but the private sector can investigate and arrest people and deny them their constitutional rights through process right through arrest right. arrest power. right it's very unique you can only yeah it's unique it's yeah, only the purview that's one of the well you can do all those things in the private sector but then you're part of organized crime well yeah that's all <laughs> so then you then you're part of a different kind of family yeah yeah um but but so but what you just said and what, what your dad said the government should do certain things um and when we were talking earlier um uh, you you said at some point you said the the purpose of the government is um but i think about it in terms of coming back to this notion of of uh the american dream and not being one where everybody necessarily drives a fancy car and gets rich but where everybody kind of has this fundamental opportunity and it would seem that and uh and so the guy who wrote this book again in 1931 he's looking back and he says this is what we've produced we've produced this type of an environment which was a great thing now we fast forward almost another hundred years, ninety years, right? Um, and you were in the government, so a third of that time you were in the government. I hope that doesn't make you feel too old. Uh, uh, yeah, so, I wish you wouldn't have put it that way. So, but yeah. so uh, it would, you know. I don't think this is written anywhere, but if, if you just kind of think about it uh, logically, which some of us still remember how to do, it would seem that the purpose of the government, just in the abstract, should be to enable and preserve that great thing which had been produced, right? Um, and, and over this these many decades, what the government is and what it does at various levels, not just at the federal level, um, 
because you have to because nowadays I notice most of the time if you say the government, most people think about the federal level, but there's others. Right, but it's moved. Probably more important levels are state and local. Right, more important than the federal. Yeah, they don't get on the news as much. But um, so how so so what the government is and what it does has moved a lot since he wrote that. Yes, so tremendous. How do you you know just in your view, some being somebody who's who's lived in the country for your life, worked for the government. Are we helping? Uh, like what, how, because the government does a lot more stuff now than it, it used to. It does a lot. And, and why does it do more? Well, it, it does more because it can do more. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it should be doing more. We've become more wealthy. We've become more productive. We've become mm-hmm. um better at what we do we've got tremendous advancement in healthcare, tremendous advancements in communication like the internet sure um for better or worse for right. better or for worse you know cars have developed and we're progressing into you know green energy and all that kind of stuff we've made a lot of progress we've also made a lot of progress on the social side mm. with you know when when this when he wrote the book and you don't have to correct me but i don't think social security was around no that came around with fdr that and the new came deal. around with fdr new deal, yeah. so this was written at a time where people really had to f- take care of themselves yeah and as you got older who took care of you well your family took care of you or family right. members took care of you or you went to uh you know a home and people took care of you that way or the you know the churches took care of you or things like right, that right that's uh been kind of replaced with the government taking care of you and that could get in that gets into the politics and the purposes of government and which is okay and we're allowed to talk about that we're allowed to talk about that do, do you do you think did that happen accidentally or intentionally no i think it had happened intentionally i think it happened because we 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 wanted people uh to enjoy our largesse in other words we became um wealthy we became good so let's give money to this group well let's give money to this group well we've got extra money let's give it to this group and then it became more of a charity it changed from a charity and a benefit to that group which quickly turns into an entitlement for that group right right and that i think has turned into a a a, a bigger thing than that we yeah. really wanted it to. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's what I. It's very similar to what I observe about the economy. Um, is um, y- you know once you start turning the dials to try to adjust what's happening, y- y- you can y- you just end up with more and more dial turning, and you can never really go back, right? right? You can't, once you start, like, and I'm very sympathetic to people who would like us to just drop, like, all the Keynesian economics out of our, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out yeah, of our yeah, policy, yeah. Right? right? And just, like, let the thing go the way it's supposed to go. Um, the problem is, we're past that. Like we can't. Like as much as a as much of a of a, a fan of uh, you know like free market capital and uh, well, who's the guy 
that Reagan no, brought in, the economist that like fixed inflation. Yeah, we should get him back right now, yeah, by Malcolm. the way. I yeah, don't think yeah, he's yeah. still alive. But, right. you know, like all those ideas, the problem is, is that once you start uh, fiddling with the system, it's very difficult to ever get the system back to its natural state again. Right, which begs the question, should we be fiddling with the system or should we let the system fiddle itself? Right. But but now that we've spent, and the same thing with social programs and things, yeah, or you know, and I, that's that's kind of a hot buzzword. So let me just say, you said it very well, which was which was well, the government started taking on the role of trying to help people. I mean, that sounds like a good thing to do, it, right? It is. It's a benevolent thing, and right. it's a good thing to do. Uh, but what happens is people become uh, enamored with that and come to expect that they expect the help they don't look to try to do it themselves yeah you know back when this book was written if uh if a farmer had a fire of his barn burned down the neighbors would help right he didn't file a claim with fema or whatever right now if a barn burns down he's going to sit there and say hey where's my money to get this barn built but 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 i also think that in some respects We've conditioned people to think that way, and, and or I should say, people are in the right to some extent to think that way because I sure have paid a lot of taxes, right? Like, right. We pay way like compared to then, we pay a lot oh, more taxes sure. now. So I could see where people might, I, you know, I've I've felt that way myself sometimes where I'm like, okay, well, I have paid a boatload of taxes right. in my life, like you know you. I, I got to get something for it. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So so would you please pay for my barn to be rebuilt? Yeah. That's all I'm asking, right? Yeah, but what are you paying for? And you're, you're paying to have the barn rebuilt in Minnesota, not the one that you burnt down or burnt down here in Houston. <laughs> That's right. You know, right. it's like, yeah. well, what about my barn? And, and then you get into, well, um, you know, natural disasters, which are a terrible thing to happen. Uh, and then you know you get into how much should we be taking care of that? How much should the local uh, people take care of that? It's it's a it's a tough question. It is well, and you also get it. So coming back to the federal government versus the state and local, right? Um, I think the original idea was that most. I mean, I think things have. Like it's been like reverse gravity to the higher level, like over the years, right? Like, <laughs> That's a good like way things get, yeah, things yeah, are yeah. rising, right? You know, and the top is getting. Well, everybody's looking to the federal government to fix all your problems. Yeah, and the federal government's not going to fix all your problems. Yeah, yeah, they can't. It's, the it's, state government probably is not going to fix all your problems. Yeah, the local government may help, but what we've lost, I think, Michael, is the ability of hey. I can take care of this problem. I could figure out how to handle this. I need to maybe work more hours. I need to maybe study a little bit more. Maybe I need to do some other stuff. Maybe I should, uh, you know, quit drinking so much. Maybe that's causing problems. What are you saying? No. But in other words, take care of it yourself. Evaluate yourself. And And then if I can't do it, then I'm going to go to Dan or I'm going to come to you Mm -hmm. or I'm going to say, hey, I need some help doing this. I'm not going to... Anyway, we, we get... Yeah, that gets, but uh, it gets back to what's the role of the government? What's the purpose of the government, be it federal, state, or local? Yeah. You know, and in my view, it's always been to 
provide services to build roads, mm-hmm. to protect the protect infrastructure, the borders, right. protect borders, right. uh, to to pay for the military, to have a good military, right. and, and things like that. Not necessarily to fund uh, research into solar panels mm. out there. Now, government yeah. funding of some research is fine. Where you get into the mistake, and, and you being a, a, a more of a private sector guy than I am, why not let the private sector develop things? The the example I I think of is this recent you know electrified cars, electric cars, and all right, that right, kind right. of stuff. And uh, my grandfather, who was lucky enough to see three centuries, born in eighteen ninety eight, wow, died in two thousand, wow. Uh, he saw the advent of the automobile. Yeah. And, you know, the cars and, and the development of that. When cars came out, people had to have fuel. They mm. had to have gasoline. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Maybe we better make some gas stations every 30 miles. Mm-hmm. So you had Esso and Exxon right. and Humble Oil yeah. providing refueling stations for this new technology that came out. Yeah. 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 We've got new technology coming out now, these electric vehicles, but who is providing the charging stations? Yeah. Not the BPs, not the Sunocos, but the government is doing it. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a problem when you have the government try to do something that should probably be better done by yeah. the capitalist market. We, uh, and some of those companies are beginning to... Uh, to get right, into some but you're, of those, got, you're, but many you're times putting the government cart way subsidy, before the horse. Right? Yeah, yeah. On this stuff, right? Um, if people want electric cars, they'll buy electric cars, and and people are going to be thinking like, okay, I need to refuel these. I'm going to start buying up gas stations and putting in charging stations. Something there. there was a very loud noise there. I don't know what that. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but. Um, yeah, I saw a very I saw a very funny picture uh, the other day, uh, you know, floating around, and um, uh, it was it was supposedly in California. I don't know uh, if it really if the picture was really taken in California, uh, but I think the implication was you know because they're having they've been having some trouble keeping the grid on, right? Right, and um, and I come from the oil and gas and energy industry, so I know a little something about that. But sure. um, this in this picture, there was somebody with a with a had a Tesla parked in their driveway. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the, the expensive Tesla. It was just the the, was the regular. The, 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 yeah. yep. And um, and in the driveway, uh, and it was and they were charging the Tesla in the driveway, and the power cable was connected to uh, a gasoline generator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, filing that up <laughs> because because there wasn't any electricity. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, you know, and you <laughs> and you go to your point um, when you leave when you leave industry and the market to now. I'm sure there's many people, many educated people who can mount an argument to this. But it, in my observation, it seems like if you let the 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 private sector the, private the, sector, the market the market kind of come up with the solutions maybe everything doesn't happen in the timing that you want it to maybe everything right. maybe you'd like to see uh, you know the, the, a faster demise of the evil oil and gas companies right but uh, right. but it, but you get there in a more sort of sustainable resilient way yeah right? and that's a that's a great point because 
what's the profit motive? If, if I'm if I'm a bookseller and I'm selling books, I'm going to make money selling books, and then I'll get more money. I could buy more books and sell more books. Right. What's the government do to sell something? Where's their profit? Where's their incentive to build a better book or to buy more books? They get the money from us. Yeah. From you and me. Right. They're not generating any income. No, and 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 to your point, about they might that, be generating votes. They might, yeah, well, that's, which yeah. is a that's different true. type of capital. But um, yeah, yeah. But I, but that's the that's the point. And, and that comes back again to, I think, uh, if we're um, this, you know, trying to pursue or, or or maintain the American dream, meaning this. Not each person's individual dream, but the this general the place ability that we to have. achieve the dream. We still ability. need to maintain that ability right. to achieve the the dream. You look around here in Houston, but you look at at Dan's a perfect example. Yeah, you know how he started this company and what he did to to do it. I mean, he's just a just a regular. He's not guy. even that smart, really. No, he yeah. really isn't. You know not. that. Kind of, well, <laughs> I mean. You know, he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, but there's, there are thousands of stories you can tell like that of, of small businesses. I, I work uh, part-time at a dive shop. I'm a scuba diver. And the guy who runs, who owns the dive first shop. first dive bar. Uh, so, dive bar, uh, yeah. Uh, dive shop. Okay. Dive shop. Different scuba thing. Diving, <laughs> scuba diving. So. Uh, you know, he started the business and he grew the, grew the business and he runs the business. He, and he, he does very well. And just like a lot of other people around here. They're yeah. small business owners, but they're what make America work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm hoping to have uh, – well, I will have eventually once I can get him on the schedule uh, on the show uh, because I'm promising people from all walks of life. Uh, I have the the bar manager from the Petroleum Club in Houston. Oh. And uh, Carl. I don't know Carl's last name. I just know Carl and his phone number. Carl's fantastic. Uh, so if, you, if you've ever been to the Petroleum Club, um, I, I don't know if you've been to the new one versus the I, old one. Uh, years ago, yeah. I think my dad took us. Yeah. He showed the, in fact, we went up there, and I remember we were going down the elevator, and my dad nudged me, and I was a kid at junior high, and he said, that's Ben Love. And I said, Ben Love, really? Who was the chair? Ben Love was yeah. the chairman of Allied Bank. Yeah, back then or Texas Commerce or one, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was just anyway. Yeah, you see. So Carl, I, I recently met Carl, and Carl is has got uh, lots of opinions on lots of things, and uh, but he's the bar manager of the Petroleum Club, and he has a very interesting perspective. Uh, particularly, he likes to talk about old Houston versus new Houston because Carl's uh, about my age, actually maybe a little bit older than me, and he likes to talk about old Houston versus new Houston. And of course, that will only be really—I mean—that's relevant to people in Houston. But I think you can kind of abstract that to the experience in in general. But um, yeah, er, great stories from people who have all found ways to uh, to achieve. You know, it's not that their lives are beautiful and perfect. It's that it's that they're getting they're they're finding ways to do what they want to do and to have. Uh, they succeeded you know. and they failed. They succeeded yeah. and failed. You know, you hear stories about that all throughout in 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 Texas about you know buy and bust, boom and bust all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And they get up and and start over. They don't look to the government for handouts. They don't right. look for the government to solve their problems. Now. When there's 
a whole lot of rain that comes down and the dams kind of open up and things kind of flood all over the place, you got a bigger problem than you and I can handle. Right. Then the government can step in, yeah, provide yeah. help, and provide, which they did. Right. And you ha- and 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 it was it was you got done quite well actually. Yeah. You've yeah. done quite well. Uh, you know, just to touch briefly on on when Harvey happened, we were we didn't get flooded, but we were landlocked for ten days. Uh, but our house was situated at a at a high point on the flooded street yeah. that a lot of the boats launched mm-hmm. kind of in our front yard. And you had people from all over the country. You had the Cajun Navy. You had right. Alabama Power and Light. You had Arizona people coming in. You had people from all over coming to help us out. It wasn't the government coming in to help right, us. It right. was the other agency. Now the government was there, you know, patrolling uh, sure. Doing that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- that's a, where everybody can come in and help each other out. Yeah, you're right. Even then, there's a level, I think, a lot of times. Well, so uh, I, I think that today, if you walk down the street today and you just stop anybody and ask them a question about the government, if you don't, spe- if you just say the government, I think at nine out of 10 people that you ask, probably more than that, will assume that you mean the federal government. That's what they will think right. of first. And we've almost lost, because, because we, cause we don't really, and this is a whole other episode about a collection of states versus a whole country, but we've right. lost sort of cognizant, like, like awareness of all the things in between. And right? why have Some we of which that? are government and some of which aren't government, like right. as you mentioned. But why is that? Why? Because if you watch the cable news people, right, the cable news people are not talking about what happened in the in the in Sugarland last week at the school board meeting. They're talking about some national thing up in Indiana with yeah. the governor or something like that. So you don't have the local news programs like you used to, and that's all you used to have. If yeah. you remember, you had the you know the ten o'clock news, and that was about it. If you want to find out what was going on in the nation, you watched the five o'clock news, but that was only a half hour, right? Right, kind of a thing. So and there was you know when you got the paper, there was a, a little bit the of paper, that, but a, a, the paper was the local news mostly. And, right, I hadn't mostly. really thought about how you said that, but the the the. The national news outlets are reporting on the national news and the federal government. Right. And the only time they report on something that's happening locally is when it has some sort of uh, kind of inflammatory connection to sure. something that's happening on the national level, right? Yeah. Well, so states doing this. But they don't really talk about how, how, uh, uh, how the local, uh, you know, uh, power company came in to a school board meeting and helped them solve a problem yeah. with uh, wh- wh- whatever with it was, their right? Yeah, or, or a yeah. new way to do something yeah. like that. And so we don't really even think on those those levels. But like you said, with with Harvey, uh, the big the big flood that we had here, right? Fifty four inches of rain in yep. in in five minutes, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, there were all kinds of people helping, all kinds of companies and organizations right. that were there, that were there helping. Well, just like in Katrina, just like in other right. other areas where there's uh, natural disasters, you know, we go over and help other people, and people come over and help us. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, we're relying on our neighbors to do something. Yeah, we're not relying on the government to do something, except doing something only the government can do. Yeah, such as build. 
giant reservoirs, right? Or maybe put in a seawall, right? Exactly. Gallows. Yeah. Could, controlling the weather, I think. I feel like they should be. You know, we, we, we had <laughs> so I. Uh, you know, Back to the Future came out in 1985. I remember yeah. I saw it in the theater, and there were two things that we were supposed to have by now, right? One of them was flying cars, right. and the other was a weather service that could control the weather. Control the weather. We have neither one of those. Neither no. one, we, we got nothing from that. I, it's, a, it's been a huge disappointment. But, um, <laughs> but this has not been a disappointment. I'm looking at uh, – so, uh, so Trevor set the time here to remind me to stop talking. Sure. Uh, and we've been talking for, for plenty of time. So, uh, Jim Martin, thanks for, uh, well, thanks thanks for, for making time. Me, I know we just kind of threw you into this, and you didn't really uh, – you well, know, I you just kind of showed up. I added some stuff and, and appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no. Look forward to doing these some more. And good. good luck to you and your podcast. Yeah, no, thank you. He'll, he'll tell us afterwards if we were any good. We'll find out here in just a okay. minute. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it. Thanks. <laughs>